And we're live. I forgot to do a little music intro, but it's it's supposed to go something like da na 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 na. I, I can't figure out a way to pump in my original music. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to say welcome everyone. This is uh, to Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. I put my big fat head on, and I am your host, a fellow film trooper, Scott McMahon. And today I have a guest, um, Brian, Brian Pratt. <laughs> I can't even Brian Patrick. Um, who is the uh, film festival director and founder of Skyline uh, Indie Film Fest. And he'll tell us a little bit more about that in here in a sec. So for those of you who are just jumping in, this is a live um, Google Hangout session that gets later turned into a YouTube video and later gets into uh, turned into a iTunes podcast and the Stitcher podcast. So the cool thing about the video is you get to see our faces and then you get to see sort of the PowerPoint um, uh, presentation as it goes along with this, this, this discussion. Uh, if you don't know already, um, I have a hard time pronouncing any English words and uh, just speaking in general. So, but um, so real quick, what Film Trooper is? Film Trooper is a web resources to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs, and really more specifically, to try to help the uh, Uber independent filmmaker build a lifestyle business. And We'll explore that a little bit later. But Film Marketing Fridays is here to try to address this bigger issue that a lot of us in Uber independent filmmakers deal with. It's like, you know, making a film is no longer an issue because we could all make a film now. You know, this film behind me, The Cube, was my feature film that I made for $500 with no crew. So it's possible. And you can now, it's crazy, but now you can sell all this, your product online directly to an audience worldwide. So distribution is no longer a problem. Um, this is selling on Vimeo on demand. And so really the last barrier for all of us is like, how do we get people to buy our film or to know our film or to watch our film? And that comes in the form of marketing. And so that's why we have these uh, live uh, Google Hangout sessions uh, called Film Marketing Fridays. And for anybody who's watching live um, or comes in later, you can see the Q&A app, I think, below if you want to just type in a question. But I'm going to jump over to the slides real quick. Um, so you might lose my face for a second here. So we see this slide. And we have a sponsor, sort of. <laughs> my first sponsor. Anyway, this is a, the new book I just wrote. It's called How to Make and Sell Your Film Online and Survive the Hollywood Implosion While Doing It. Because really, psst, how do you really sell a film online? And the idea here is discover a whole new way of selling your film online that no one is sharing with you until now. If you just go to survivetheimplosion.com, you can learn a little bit more about that. But on to the show, which is um, film festivals. Yay or nay? Because <laughs> there's a lot of discussion about uh, filmmakers of you know what they need to do with film festivals or use them at all for their purposes. And then, so begin with, I like to get into this concept. Uh, one of my favorite books is Freakonomics and the, and the other books that both Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner have written. But this one takeaway from this book in Freakonomics is that all humans are motivated by incentive. So just stopping and asking yourself, like when you're interacting with somebody, what is their incentive? Just as if you're trying to get into like a business deal with anybody or um, a relationship or, or in terms of um, you know a working relationship is ask yourself what is the incentive of this person what is the incentive of me and so incentive is a really great strong word to begin this whole dialogue which is simply 
what is the incentive of a film festival? And we're really fortunate to have Brian on uh, the discussion today because we can just ask him point blank, like, wh why did he uh, start up his film festival and, and kind of explore deeper what his incentive is or what he feels the, the incentive is for a lot of film festivals? Um, I Whoops. There we go. I don't know how that started. Wait. Oh, wait, here we go. So <laughs> Look at me, my, my slides, my mouse went a little, uh, little nutty there. Okay, so let's ask this question. So what is the incentive? Um, I, I, obviously, obviously you can't answer for the, the entire or, you know, film festivals, but you can at least uh, know what, why you started yours and tell us a little bit more about Skyline Indie Film Fest. And uh, we'll just go from there, a little bit about Skyline and a little bit about what you think the incentive is for a lot of uh, film festival directors. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we live in a very old town in Northern Virginia, pretty close to Washington, D.C., and there's no shortage of indie film festivals and short film festivals. And, you know, there's a large one in Charlottesville called the Virginia Film Festival. So we've been going on for 28 years, but there was nothing local. Um, so my wife and I and our friends and our circle of friends were very uh, sort of local-minded. You know, we own an independent bookstore in the old town, Walking Mall. And... When we bought that four years ago, going on four years ago, uh, it came with a giant Criterion DVD collection. So that was really sort of my introduction into, ah, into film. Interesting. Um, not an introduction, but a, 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 a thorough, thorough immersion. So um, got into that. You know, there wasn't a film festival close by. There wasn't one uh, at the end of summer, which made sense to me for a time to have it. We have a university here, Shenandoah University. The students are back. They're looking for something to do before things get rocking and rolling for the year. And it just kind of made sense. You know, I, I felt like um, there's a, a, a hunger for independent film and, you know, something besides Hollywood blockbusters in the area. And I felt like the community deserved it. So, you know, did a little sort of polling amongst friends and amongst the business association and everybody. It turns out about 10 years ago that the business association asked to create a film festival. And nothing ever came of it. So I, I didn't even know that. And, um, you know, sort of did it on our own dime for two years. And we're running into year three right now and getting good feedback and more participation from um, audience members and submissions and things like that. So, you know, it's two things. It, it, it sprung from two things, love for independent film. And, again, I, I feel like the community deserved it and they'll appreciate it. So cool. That was, ask that was the very personal reasons to do it. <laughs> That totally makes sense. Like you acquire basically a library, a bookstore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hundreds. Like yeah, hundreds. Yeah. 250 criterions. It was great. Yeah. So that, um, well, let me ask you then, what is, uh, just for a personal note, uh, what are like five favorite independent films that uh, are in your sort of uh, top five? Oh, boy. Let's see. Um, the Sci-Fi uh, Cube is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, the Canadian, yeah, the yeah. film, yes. Yeah, I, I love that, and I heard it was going to be remade, and I don't know how I feel about that. So, <laughs> um, you know, sort of the big indies that folks know. I love Reservoir Dogs, you know, that kind of thing. Um, a, a silent short film, and it's in black and white, called White Mane. I don't know if you've heard of that or mm, not. That's I that's really good. Like that one a lot. So, yeah, so it's, it's it's pretty broad. It sort of depends on the mood you're in for the day or the week and what speaks to you at the moment. Very cool. So then, um, so now you have this film festival and, um, I'll just 
out of sheer love. You're like, you mentioned to me in the email and stuff like that. You're like, oh, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm just a film lover. I have this stuff. I wanted to start it in our, our small community and make it happen. Right. And, um, you know, like you said, you're going to three years into it. However, I'm looking at if, you know, I'll jump over to the website real quick here. Um, so people can see this. Um, you can see that. So what's interesting is you've had uh, your best feature fan favorite before I disappear um, was a film that I think did it premiere at South by South by Southwest. That, it did. Uh, it it yeah. premiered South by Southwest, and uh, I think it was uh, I believe it was fan favorite as well. Yeah. So how did, did how did that particular film come your way? into the fest uh, <laughs> uh, out of sheer luck and uh, uh, naivety because I called up the filmmakers um, of of the short that this is from called curfew right and, um, I said hey heard you had a short film you know people say it's great uh, we'd love to have it in our festival and the response to that was yeah we don't really look to pay festival fees and things like that so I said well tell you what you submit it and if the screeners like it then you pay and uh, <laughs> he, he, he says, okay, screeners loved it, of course, and everything. And um, it, it was later, after it was accepted into the festival, but before we screened it in, at Skyline 2013, that I realized that it actually won the Oscar that year. So, <laughs> All right, so, the curve, right. So I called him back and I was like, hey, man, thanks for not, you know, blowing us off. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, uh, so, you know, we established the relationship there and promoted the hell out of it because we loved it. And then, um, it was going to be developed into a feature and, and that happened even before I knew about curfew actually. And, um, we just stayed in touch with them and, and we were lucky enough that they submitted again and it won It pretty much swept our awards last year. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you. So the, what, what kind of kick of just putting like, um, a festival together in your small community and, um, what, what kind of feedback, what kind of residual feedback comes from it? Like, uh, like more business opportunities for those involved or more cultural, um, connections with other event holders or things like that. Uh, kind of like, you know, after the film festival goes away, you know, uh, filmmakers are like, you know, they're submitting to a bunch of different film festivals, hoping to get in, maybe they can travel to, you know, this one, that one, yeah. um, it does well, wins awards, whatever. But, you know, after the festival has gone, what is the residual uh, side effects or the, the positive outcome that comes from putting on a film festival in any region um, that you've, you discovered for your, for yourself? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's year round benefits really, because people talk about it year round and we have our posters up in our shop and things like that. Um, you know, the immediate community that, that live in old town and in the surrounding area, love it and they talk about it constantly so that's great but being a also being a shop owner retail owner in that area um you know it's just exposure for people coming in from out of town you know filmmakers are coming in for the festival you know not a ton but you know a dozen 15 maybe 20 and they they've got to eat and stay somewhere and things like that and if they have a good time they talk about it and it goes out on social media you know and i feel like our feedback or sort of the resonance after each festival is is really good and really positive so you know and that that sort of fades down over winter and things but then you know we ramp up our call for entries in march so we sort of ramp it back up a little bit and then as call for entries goes down you know we start marketing uh, attendance to the festival as opposed for the audience instead of 
filmmakers submitting and things like that. So it's it's a year-round campaign, and the feedback year-round is is pretty positive. So you know, I feel like um, during festival weekend, the, the shop owners in Old Town are really they're, they're going to benefit from the festival happening in Old Town. So so there you go. So that that helps, like a you know like a filmmaker understand like, like trying to get, you know, put the other shoe on to see, you know, that world is like, and let me ask you, uh, you had, um, some of the experience you were asking, like, why is it common for like filmmakers always asking for like uh, submission wave waiver fees? Like instead of like when they say, Hey, you know what? I'd love to submit to your, your festival, but can I get a, um, you know, can I not pay the fee? Yeah. And then in your world is like, well, you know, I'm, this is going into third year. This is how we raise the funds to be able to put on the show. So we we can't really say, you know, give everybody away free because otherwise we'll have no money to put on the, the event. <laughs> um, I think that where that probably stems from is that um, there's some, you know, advice blogs and so on like that that recommend it to filmmakers like, well, just ask maybe you don't have to pay you know that's probably where it stems from because yeah. if they're submitting to so many they're going to be just like well i'll just give a shot and and, and go from there yeah but, it, it never hurts to ask i mean everybody it's a hustle on both ends uh i don't think filmmakers are selfish in any way um but festivals sort of in my experience get a bit of a bad rap you know why is it so much why is it fifty dollars and why is it why isn't it fifteen dollars and you know the answer is for us in particular you know we're so new we're just going 501c3 we're waiting on that application to be returned hopefully with good news so we're not eligible for grants really we're just sort of dependent on the revenue made from submissions and ticket sales and ticket sales come in at the very last minute you know but if you submit you know the cube for example you want that presented on a nice projector on a nice screen in a comfortable venue you know and that that all costs money and so we're not, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not spending $10 of your $50 and pocketing the rest. You know, it's, it's all spent and we run really, really, really close to even. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's no money in filmmaking. There's no money in festivals either. <laughs> Let me ask you, have you talked to other or connected with other film festival directors? Uh, I know that the, the one, the certain festivals have been around for a while that the certain directors know each other or program directors because they're, they're able to like, look, what have you heard or something come your way? Maybe I can contact that particular producer or filmmaker to get them to come to ours as well or, or things like that. I, I know that you're, you know, you know, you're newborn basically in the film festival <laughs> history and so on, but I, have you had any of those type of experiences? A bit, you know, we went to Indie Grits in 2014. And that was a lot of fun. Met the director there, and I've had some email communications with him. Um, I've had a few phone calls with the director at Bend, Bend Film in Bend, Oregon, um, and stuff like that. And it was really like new questions, like where do you get your audience, and how do you get these thousands of submissions and things like that. And you know, the <laughs> the, the response was basically like, "You're brand new. It'll happen if you stick with it." You know, that yeah. kind of thing. But so. Anyone that I've reached out to has been more than willing to talk to me and offer advice or answer my questions. So that's that's been helpful. I probably haven't utilized it enough, and you know I need to sort of get off of my 
stubborn sort of personality that I can just get this done and, and figure right. out how to get it done well. And there's no reason for me to go through all the growing pains if someone's willing to share their information with me. Um, so yeah, you're not, you're not too far from you know DC, Washington DC, and I think that right. one of the more renowned or better known sort of uh, film festivals is DC Shorts. Yeah, uh, and that, I forget the guy, the particular fellow who puts on that uh, event, but he's been, um, you know, he's been connected to the indie film scene for a long time. So that's something to think about. So we go into the incentives of the film festival directors and and what it means to that uh, town or that it, you know, basically a cultural event. And that kind of brings me up to the next thing. I'll, I'll bring it into. So again, we're not here to. to I'm not going to bat. We're not here to bash like film festival. The idea is to help figure out like what is the psychology of everybody involved, you know, um, and get break it down to that whole incentive. Okay, so you see that that slide. So we go. We went over a little bit of what the incentive for a film festival is. Um, and I remember several years ago at the American Film Market AFM, the managing director of AFM, also the executive vice president of the. Uh, independent film television alliance jonathan wolf in the opening symposium sort of at at afm this one year that i attended he said don't take your film to a festival <laughs> and so everybody's like what what and so what he means by that you know to the, the controversial like subject here is again it comes down to incentive if he is the managing director of the american film market you know one of the you know renowned film markets um, why would he say something like, don't take your film to a festival? So, um, I'll go over here and do my best to explain what, what his intentions were. Um, because his incentive is film market. Uh, he was saying that, you know, there's only a handful of like film festivals that could almost be, uh, considered film markets or a possibility of selling it to a distrib distributor and, you know, sales agents and things like that in that world. Uh, majority of the film festivals are going to be uh, cultural community events, you know. So from the standpoint of somebody trying to sell their film to a marketplace like the AFM, he was explaining that if you there's something to be said about, um, you know, a market launch plan or market viability. If you release your film to a festival or to many festivals to begin with and it doesn't generate sort of the... Um, I guess, response, you lose leverage or the possibility of bringing a film to a film market without anybody seeing it and then allowing the buyers to make their determination whether or not they, you know, it's hot or not and then buying it from there. So that was sort of a, an interesting thought in terms of his perspective. But again, it's totally in alignment with what he would, would uh, think because his incentive is I run the American film market. And right. so I'm here to make sure that we get the best um, filmmakers at the market to keep the market thriving. Um, whereas, you know, like you said, like, hey, I, we have a little community here. So our incentive is just to make sure it, b it becomes this cultural event here in town. Um, on top of that, it's very interesting because you said you're owner of a, a used bookstore, right? And new then, books. Uh, new books and new books. Yeah. Okay, independent books. There. Yeah. So you... You're a curator and a seller, a retailer of independent uh, material, uh, content, media. And by having this um, film festival, it almost, you know, it keeps 
buzzworthiness to your shop because you say you're able to keep the posters or flyers, let everybody know it's coming and everybody become, uh, gets used to like, oh yeah, that event's coming up, that event's coming up, it becomes right. a, an annual thing. Um, it's really interesting because like when I was working at Sony, there's this whole concept of business where it's like um, you have hardware, software. Uh, Sony made you know their their fortune on basically developing sort of the tape recorder and like the the phonograph and, and became like the tape recorder turned into the Walkman. Right. So when they went in the 1980s when they made the controversial uh, um, move to buy up um, what used to be um, kind of MGM, I think it was, um, where they they created Sony Pictures or Columbia Pictures. You know, they bought up that library. Uh, Sony's thinking for the longest time has been we create hardware, but we need software content to drive the sales of so uh, the hardware. Uh, that's why they bought up Columbia Records that turned into buying up Columbia Pictures and the, the, all the libraries. So when I was working at PlayStation, their philosophy, you know, bled over. They were going to spend money building a hardware, a PlayStation, and then they go in, they needed to fund uh, developers for the software. Um, I guess it's very much like the analogy of the razor blade and the razor, right? So we buy the razor for like whatever, five bucks, but then they sell us the stinking razor blades for like $30. So it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of buying a video game at 30 to $50 a pop. So there's, um, uh, Microsoft was very famously known to lose a lot of money in the hardware of Xbox because that is the hardware push and they were going to make up the capital revenue later on in software sales. And really all this, all the money in video games comes in to play when you go to like the second or third iteration. It takes so much work to get the first game out right. and all the technology built on that. But once that's built, they're able to come back and redo the, um, the next iteration and improve upon all the bugs and stuff like that. And since the cost to um, release to market is lower because they did all the hard work of building the first game, the sequels really do rack in the money. Sure, um, you, the spend, you spend your time building the brand. And then yeah, so as I think it's it's what I, from an outsider's perspective, I go, oh, it's cool. You have you're an owner of uh, new uh, independent books, new and used, and or just media, and you have a, this opportunity because just. You might not even know it, but having this film festival in place allows you to uh, keep your store top of mind, but also brands your business to be like, this is the home of independence or independent art or both music and movies and uh, literature, you know? Right. Uh, so that's knowing that's the alignment of where you are in terms of your the grassroots approach. Um, I'm sure a lot of other film festivals started out that way. I mean, Sundance is, uh, you know, historically took over for... It used to be called Sundance. It was called like the um, International American, American Film Festival, something, something blah, blah, like blah. that. Yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting because, um, and every film festival, you know, builds up notoriety. I mean, for the longest time, South by Southwest was a quirky little, you know, event. Then it started crossing over because it's hard right. to tell. Like, wait a minute, is there's a music festival, there's a film festival, there's a tech you know, everybody's tech together, like the tech world coming together. And I can't tell which is, you know, bleeding into what, you know, and Tribeca. Now, the interesting thing about like, like Sundance and Tribeca is, um, is they also built in these uh, education portals, like you have started with Skyline, 
which is essentially building a film lab. So the notorious, you know, or famous, prestigious, you know, Sundance Film Lab, like you'd only get invited to. But they harness these young uh, independent filmmakers. And so when they're, they have, it's all built in because Sundance is a, you know, ex exhibition place, a, dis a distribution channel for this stuff to a curator of, of the top independent films. And they built their pedigree in the 90s because they had enough um, films that come out of that um, film festival at the beginning of the year that would go on to make impact in the film world. Sure. And so every, every film festival is hoping to have like, you know, if you want to see massive growth, it's like suddenly like, oh, you know, this film was premiered at Skyline. And it just took off like, wait, what was Skyline? What's, you know, then that, you know, it puts you guys on the, on the map, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, um, so it's all uh, symbiotic in terms of uh, the marketing push. Yeah. So with that said, um, going back, to, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent, but I just thought it was fascinating in terms of what you're building as a business. But I could see it in your town where you would become like the go to people for independent media, you know. That's, well, I mean, that's that's part of the idea. You know, if you think independent film, we want you to be coming into our shop, which is the Winchester Book Gallery, which is the HQ for the Skyline Indie Film Fest. You know, so yeah, if you're looking for locations, which that's happened, filmmakers come to the festival and then they, you know, they're, you know, within, you know, a couple hours driving or whatever. Hey, do you have a location that meets these needs? And I was like, yeah, I can give you this, this and this. Just let me make a phone call and boom, it's done. So the idea is to, you know, have a great film festival, um, provide a, a service to the community in the form of the film camp that we hope to launch next year for the, you know, the maybe 10 to 16 year old filmmakers with a professional mentor, um, have independent filmmakers who are already working and making films coming to Winchester to shoot films. You know, I, I really want to build the filmmaking culture uh, from the ground up here. You know, we have a great exhibition um, sort of leg already because there's an Alamo draft house here. And, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Alamo. So, yeah, yeah. But, but those films are already distributed. You know, they've got their distribution. So we're, we're looking to start a couple of steps ahead of that or behind that, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But really sort of have start a film culture and root it in Winchester. I definitely see – it's interesting you brought that up because I – I, I definitely see that the uh, people have talked about it, but like the film festivals themselves could eventually become a curator slash distributor of certain films. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you know, these, these types of films of this region um, are so niched down, like, you know, films of the Virginia area or whatever, right. um, just because they're shot in location. But um, I, you know, I met some filmmakers online uh, from Atlanta, and it's just seeing some of their independent films come out of that. You see a, such a breadth of um, diversity in the cultural that um, uh, you know the, the actors and the people that they put on film that you don't see in the traditional uh, streams of uh, media that we see on television and movies. You know, it's like it's it's fascinating about independent film now with everybody having access to these cameras it's giving us a window into sort of their very specific niche culture that we're, we're not getting enough of uh or you know you don't see on a mainstream like the right. um so but with that said like you know i live over in portland oregon i could see you know we have the portland film festival we have the international portland film festival and there's a bunch of other super niche film festivals that pop up all the time 
but somebody who's able to start one of these film festivals like yourself and then um, figure out a way like Alamo has done, the Draft House has done, where they have their um, their particular film festival. I think it's the what's it, the fa fantastic, fantastic horror. Event. Yeah, yeah. So, but the but that, that's a circus too, man. That so, thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they built something so unique, and they're in the business too of exhibition and distribution. Right. So, and the more um, outlets they have to exhibit their distribution. Um, niche or niche uh just makes it much more strong uh, much stronger so i i can't i to me i can't see why you know skyland couldn't be that thing where it's like we are highlighting we're not we're building our own film lab our own mentorship program we have um you know this is this particular you know films that are coming out of our region and makes it unique for the community or whatever but at the same time we can distribute to the world because you know somebody in like the desert might have this fascination with the Pacific Northwest where, you know, I live yeah. and, you know what I mean? So they want to see more films in that, in that region or something like that. So it's really, it's fascinating, but you, there, there could be a, a, a good shift here for a lot of film festivals to find their own voice, their own niche. And then they, then, you know, more filmmakers go, Oh, I see. These are the types of films that really do well in this region or something like that. But anyway, yeah. well, you know, so our process, and, and again, having not spoken with a ton of other festival directors, our process is the film gets submitted, it gets screened by a panel of screeners. If whatever, four out of seven screeners, if it gets the thumbs up, it, then it goes to judges for, you know, it's an official selection, and then it's up for an award, potentially up for an award. Um, so even if we create an awesome film lab, if you still don't get the thumbs up from the screeners, we're not going to include it just because you made it here, you know what I mean? So we want to maintain that integrity regardless of where the film comes from. So, you know, we get a lot of, um, year one in particular, we had a lot of local submissions and only one made it and people were pissed, you know? And yeah. I said, oh, that's, that's... I said, that's not what we're in the business of. We want good films. We don't care where they come from. So, you know, and frankly, you know, you know what you have, you spend your, heart and soul blood sweat and tears on it and you know or you don't know I, I would think you do anyway just in a little bit of writing and stuff like I've done I'm willing to share it with someone and see what they think or I'm not ready to share it with someone yet so I would think it would be the same way with the film um, you got to show it to someone besides your grandmother who loves everything you do you know gets <laughs> yeah yeah well actually that's interesting because that brings me up to the next segment here um, which is Let's see, go back to the slide presentation. Cool. So taking the lead from what we just talked about, you know, when someone like Jonathan, Jonathan Wolf talks about don't take your film to a festival um, and where he's coming from, his perspective, his incentive, it's really important for all of us to understand what world are you playing in? And so we can break this down very quickly by saying like about Hollywood, like, 90% of the press that we read about that we know about is Hollywood or it's like it's coming out of either New York or LA, you know, essentially in terms of, and only less than 1%, if that barely maybe get to play in this world, you know, everybody else is on the outside, maybe getting a chance once in a while to play in the world, but there's a very few that are getting to, to play in this world. And when I say play in this world, there's like, you know, there's, I think there's only five, six major studios that control everything in the world, you know? <laughs> So then there's a there's another world called the indie Hollywood. And this is actually the film markets and genre films. And this is the world that Jonathan Wolf plays in. If, if he's running American film market, 
when we talk about indie Hollywood, um, we're talking about uh, the films that are not part of film festivals. <laughs> These are the films that are, uh, when they say strong genre, this is stuff like uh, action film starring Dolph Lundgren, who does right. still does well worldwide, internationally. Uh, these are your horror films. Uh, these are your uh, family films, your your Christian films, or anything like that. Anything that is not part of the film festival world and is not part of the magical, you know, one percent Hollywood. This is the indie yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think when with that descriptor, indie Hollywood film markets and genre, I think of you know, there's a name attached to it and it's going to sell sell well globally. I yeah. Mean, that which is basically. Exactly. This is what they're saying. This is like, this is where you need to have stars or a known a name star. You have to have a, a proven genre, a strong genre, you know, a director within that genre in order to sell and play in this world. But then there's another world. Whoops. Where, sorry. I was all get excited and I didn't hit the, hit the right slide. Here we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we have, then there's the indie festivals or the, what we were just talking about. Then there's this other world that we read about in the press. Uh, you read about it, IndieWire, you know, com or Indie, you know, Filmmaker Magazine or that kind of stuff. They, this is the stuff where t like Sundance, uh, Toronto, Tribeca, South by Southwest. These are the festival darlings, but a lot of them come from being created from film labs, the Sundance Film Lab, the Tribeca Film Lab. Uh, these have more of a prestigious sort of um, pedigree to them. Um, and they, are, they, they utilize the film festival circuit as almost like the equivalent of a rock star band touring the country. Like the, you know, coming to your town near you soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's and, like, and those are born um, from those labs and things, but they're nurtured with, you know, sort of uh, really intense professionals in the industry. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty high level as well. Right. So all these three worlds so far are very, um, we, we read a lot about it. We get a lot of press about this stuff. I mean, it's just bombarded on us from all types of, uh, you know, journalists and so on because they want to cover the journalists there again, let's go back to incentive. The journalist incentive is like, do I want to cover, um, some little independent film guy stuff in Portland or do I want to have a chance to interview like the, the independent film or indie festival darling, you know, like yeah. these are the types of thing everybody wants to be part of. So where does that leave like the 90% or 95% of us? <laughs> that leaves us the uber independence, you yeah. know? Like, and I, lo I love that you use that too, because it's, <laughs> it's, there's no money in it. <laughs> it's all for love of film and story. Right. So then, um, so then that's important to understand because I think what happens is looking at this very basic breakdown of uh, and being realistic of what world you're playing in, um, then you can match up or get yourself in alignment with what your expectations are. So if you're an independent filmmaker, you have to ask yourself, do you really have a film that is um, market worthy? Is it genre worthy? And so if that's the case, then film festivals may not be what you need to do. You may need to take the advice from Jonathan Wolf and say, you have all the ingredients put in place to uh, make and sell your film to the market. So welcome to the market. If you have that, if you understand what world you're playing in. But if you have an independent drama with no name actors and maybe a connection to a producer or a program director at some prestigious independent film 
festival, then maybe you understand like, this is my world. I need to get into these film labs. I need to make the connections with the right producers who constantly make films for these, these uh, festivals and do the tour, you know, the circuit, you know, like if you know you have that, then that's the world you're playing in. But the reality is, is what about the rest of us? Again, the 95, maybe 99% of the Uber independent filmmaker who believes that once they make a film, um, that this the same business applications will apply to them if they fit if they fit into these other worlds like you know are they believe they're wor they're playing the same um level as the indie fe festivals the film labs the indie hollywood the film markets and the reality is they're they're not you know they right. they have to uh own up and uh believe in what they have but understand that maybe it's just more regional so what do I have here next? I don't even know what my next slide is. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into that. So what is the incentive of the filmmaker? If we're talking about, again, incentives. So we can break down the incentive of a filmmaker. The incentive of a filmmaker, once they finish their film, and what they see uh, film festivals uh, as a means is to be seen, to get their film seen, you know, to have the, the permission to be seen, to, to, like you said, to have someone other than the grandmother taking a look at their film. Um, their incentive is to sell the film. I mean, that's really the bottom line. A lot of these people going to these film festivals are hoping one to be seen, their film to be seen, and one to sell it. But if they're not, if not, if they're bringing their film to a certain film festival that doesn't have buyers, then they're out of alignment. They're not in alignment, so the expectations are all whacked out. You know. So then uh, they also want to build in industry relationships, you know, at these film festivals because they're hoping that somebody will help give them money to make more films. Right. It's, it's why they go to these film festivals. Um, and lastly, maybe to be recognized. You know, it's like all this hard work. You kind of want to just have an opportunity to celebrate and be recognized for what you do. Um, it's really to have their day in the sun. And so that's why you might get the... Um, certain filmmakers maybe they're you know maybe they're what do you call it been pampered by some other film festivals or given all these freebies or perks and stuff like that and then when a film festival doesn't do the same they're like wait a minute what about me 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 so and unfortunately that's where a lot of the incentive of the filmmaker comes from it stems from me 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 as opposed to looking at it like um which is very hard because you're like, hey man, it's me, me, me. I did this film. I'm paying my 50 bucks. It's got to be good enough to get in your film festival. And you're like, well, I, honestly, we had so many submissions. It just didn't cut the mustard. Because, but I'm, I lived right down the road, man. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm your guy. You know, so I could see the, the frustration as opposed to um, coming from it from a perspective or an incentive of being. I don't know, a servant to the community. Like knowing like, I'm okay, I got this film. I think it might do well for that community or that cultural event, you know? Cause like this one right off the bat goes, okay, it's not playing in the 1% the Hollywood. It's not playing in the indie film markets. You know, it's not a genre, it, nothing, it, it doesn't fit. It's not an alignment. And it's not, you know, prestigious cause it does have, it has no connections with um, any major film labs or any prestigious, you know, top tier film festivals. So that would make me like, okay, if I'm going to submit it to a film festival or various film festivals, it's to see like, how can this particular film um, benefit the community that it's going to be at, you know? And like you said, and that, then you become a good uh, Samaritan. You become a good citizen of saying like, 
you know, I'm proud of it, but I understand the bigger picture of like when it gets submitted to these film festivals, they just need to have a good, you know, good set of film, a good collection of films that the community is going to come out and want to come back next year, you know? So if that says, you know, maybe, like you said, it was a great, you, you were able to build a relationship with the, uh, these filmmakers who made the Oscar winning curfew. It was, did it win the Oscar or did it get nominated? I forgot. Uh, curfew won for best dramatic short. Yeah. Yeah. So then they were able to, I mean, that's a huge like notch in the belt for your film festival. Like, Oh, cool. So we had an Oscar. Yeah, I tell that everywhere. I still drop that now. <laughs> so, you have to. You yeah. Yeah. Curfew. You don't know about curfew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, then, but, but last year to, Sorry to interrupt, but last no, year no. We, had, we had the short version of uh, Krisha, which was the South by Southwest sort of breakout buzz film. I don't, I don't remember if it won or, or I don't think it got the audience award or anything like that, but they talked about it for weeks afterwards. You know, we had the short for that a year ago, um, and it got developed into a feature, and now it's, you know, it's doing great. So That's it. Good stuff comes through here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, and we're, we're so, we're not a market. So back to your slide, you could be seen here, not by 10,000 people, but you can be seen here. You're probably not going to sell your film here. Um, you know, we're not looking to even become a market. Yeah. But. And, and most film festivals are not marketplaces. So. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's what, like 2,500 in, in the United States or something. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, well, so to be seen, to sell your film. Um, uh, oh, but what I was saying is we're so small and so casual. I mean, if you come to Skyline, you've got to be accessible. You know, there's no velvet ropes here or anything like that. There's no private parties or anything like that. If we have a party, everybody's invited, and they're going to talk to you about it. And, you know, we've we've got the indie film lovers here that will get in your face and go, I didn't understand this, this, and this, and this needs to be further developed and that kind of stuff. But then <laughs> you also get the casual feedback from a more general audience. And so – you know, I don't want to say bring your three-quarter done film to Skyline, but, you know, you will get some feedback and some input on whatever you've presented if it made it into the festival. So I think that goes a long way, too. Yeah, definitely. And you, you mentioned, too, like, again, it's trying, to get, it's trying to get everybody in alignment. Like I said, it, we understand, like, these regional film festivals, what their uh, motivation might be, their incentive might be in terms of uh, making a very enjoyable cultural event you know, for the community. Um, if in, again, I'm going to break it down and say, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about Sundance. We're not going to talk about Tribeca. We're not going to talk about that world. Cause if you, if you can play in that world, then there's no reason to be watching this thing. You know, <laughs> it's like, this is for, this is really for like, again, all the Uber independent filmmakers who are like, okay. And Uber festivals. Yeah. And Uber independent film festivals, because you have to be like, okay, what do I really have? Okay. And so maybe, if I do, if I play well in these, in this playground, in terms of these uh, smaller regional film festivals, like you said, and enjoy it for what it is, almost like stop and not put so much pressure on like, I got to make a sale. I got to find, you know, a producer to fund my next one or all that kind of stuff. Um, just let it ride. If you can, if you're making a good stride and take the feedback and enjoy the moments of, and being there. Cause like you said, you never know somebody, who might be famous, who it might be worth a lot of money um, is just going back into town and is there for the cultural event. And, and just all those, it's by luck. Sometimes there's, there's an element of luck in a lot of this stuff sometimes for people to success yeah. of like, uh, you know, 
serendipitously. I can't. Even, ah, I can't even pronounce that word. Uh, let me try. Serendipitously. Thank you. Uh, I don't oh think so. <laughs> oh my God, it's like we're a spelling bee. I just failed. So. <laughs> but it's like, yes. <laughs> so that's so that kind of stuff happens where um, it's 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 just you might you make a film that just tickles the right funny bone or strikes the right transformative uh, transformative um, um, experience for somebody who just happens to be connected to the right people. Like I've interviewed enough, I've interviewed enough people on my podcast where if you you know backtrack it to how they were able to get the funding, how they ever get the made, you just realize like, man, there's a lot of things that just kind of had to come together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody has these stories like that. But, but, but almost, a almost in every case, there's a, a degree of uh, persistence. So, you know, there's very few sort of windfalls that they asked, uh, like you guys like to say, they asked the right dentist, you know, and they only yeah. made one ask and it happened. You know, you got to stick to it. You got to work with it. And I don't know, I guess that's what they call paying your dues, I guess. Yeah. So it's interesting. I didn't, um, because I made this thing for so cheap, I, I chose not to um, enter in, in any festivals because I was more curious as an experiment, like, well, what if I just put it online directly and start selling it? And then that sent me down a rabbit hole of like, well, how do you do you sell things online? The difference is with the next film I'm working on, I could see it being much more of a stronger genre play that it could serve strategically, you know, knowing, because they always say like the advice that the experts give you is for in, the Uber independent filmmaker is to do your research, do you know, a lot of research in terms of what really be, be aware of what your film is realistically what your film is you know you got to be realistic and knowing what world you're really playing in and then say okay this film might be a, a good suit for this particular film festivals based off what they played in the past years and they recommend that you take the time to reach out to those particular producers um filmmakers who have made it uh, and got into those particular film festivals and ask, just start asking questions and doing your research because you never know, like they go, oh yeah, I had a great time. Oh, you know what, to really be successful, you know, you gotta be down there, uh, make sure that you can get your posters up or do, they have like this in town, they've got this thing Friday night, you gotta make sure to be at that thing, you know, or be aware that your film might be playing in this really tiny sort of uh, school classroom. <laughs> that's, you know, if that's the case, then this is what you recommend you do um, you know, to take, to maximize the uh, enjoyment level out of it or something. So it, it does take a lot of work because in a sense, uh, for the marketing aspect for the Uber independent filmmaker, uh, getting into any of these Uber independent film festivals, um, it would be the equivalent of somebody tour, you know, a band, a rock band playing at different venues across the world, across the nation. And you might end up playing like a, um, you know, um, a town hall area <laughs> that's like, or a, a state fair or a little dive bar. You know, these right. are, this is the reality, but this for film, the film festivals are the reality for the Uber and independent filmmaker that way. So in terms of, we are film marketing Fridays. And if we're looking at it from a marketing standpoint and a potential try to uh, build up the opportunity to give your product more value in terms of sales, then we can look at the go into the next slide and look at like a business um, terminology here, which is the cost of customer acquisition. <laughs> so, if you if you <laughs> take it from a business person's perspective, you know 
whatever effort you put forth, you have to ask yourself, like, well, how much cost am I putting into it in order to acquire a customer? And so for the Uber independent filmmaker, they really have to look at it like, what effort am I putting in to acquire the cost of an I, an Uber ideal fan, a, rave, a raving fan of what work I've done? You know, uh, you're building house. And so that, with that mindset in place, then they can say like, all right, 50 bucks. If I put 50 bucks in, I do some travel and I go to, uh, you know, Skyline and, and it might be a smaller venue, but they they do a good job of uh, curating their films. So I'm in, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting, company. yeah, if I get, if you get accepted, it's like, you're going to be a good company because it was with Oscar winning, you know, films in, in the past. So with that said, you can do, uh, an independent filmmaker could look at it and say, okay, I need to get there because I need to build my email list. I need to build fans. I need to build in this region, all over the nation and then across the world of what whatnot. It's like the goal is the one thing I can do in the world that I play in, the Uber independent film world, is like I can build my email list. I can and I could just that's worth money. So you have to ask, like, if I can get, you know, 100 email lists or people subscribe to my email list, then each person that got on my email list is you break it down. I don't know. Look at my numbers. <laughs> 50 bucks, you know, divided by 100 or something. So it's like $2 an acquisition for a person. That $2 an acquisition for a person on your email list down the line for your long-term career could be uh, be worth more because it's say you finally sell your $20 film or maybe you have something more to sell, like the $100 product then that cost of acquisition, you know, maybe only was only two bucks. So if you look at it that way, then you're like, okay, because what happens right now is a lot of Uber independent filmmakers, they're coming at going, me, 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 my film's awesome, it's better than this stuff that's been here before. I can't believe that thing won. Oh my God, where's my recognition? Where's the buyers? You know, but then they go to the parties, everybody's looking for like, we're the money people, we're the money people. And reality is, is like, everybody's a filmmaker. Like, here's my, I'm a, you know, I'm a producer, I'm a producer, I'm a director, I'm a director. And stopping network, network, network. network. Yeah. 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 It's the networking part, but a lot of them, you know, a lot of filmmakers are hoping to find the money people, you know, that, that, that money network. So everybody needs to like, take, you know, what is it? Uh, simmer down and take a step <laughs> back and go, you know what it is? When you go to these film festivals, you're going to meet a lot of other filmmakers. So that is the world you're playing in. Enjoy it. And you might meet somebody who's just a fan, like uh, somebody runs, like you said, runs a uh, liquor store that's just a fan of these types of films. And so the difference is, it's like, well, how can I get that person on my email list? And he goes, you know what? I'm going to make another film. I'm going to come back here again, but I want to keep you up to date on what I'm doing. So you use the opportunity as an Uber independent filmmaker to use the film festivals as your you're, you're an independent rock band. You're touring one dive bar after another dive bar, but you've got to make sure that you get some costs of customer acquisitions. You've yeah, you can't, you can't resent it either. You know, you got to get yes. there and you got you to do the work and you got to appreciate the six people that came to your screening. You know, you can't just be, even if it is frustrating, I'm sure it would be. Yeah, I don't want to see an empty auditorium at a venue at my festival. And I know the filmmaker certainly doesn't want to sit there and, you know, with six people, but. You know, at the end of the movie, those six people, they might have questions. You've got to sit there and answer them, and you've got to be gracious. So, yeah. Now, that's a good point. So here's so the thing is, you know, your incentive is like, I want to make sure that every, you know, showing that we have, whatever film we have, is as packed as possible because that helps the festival. Sure. So 
the filmmaker coming into town are going, okay, great. Thank you so much. I got accepted. That means that uh, it's been curated. It's been, um, you know, I have an opportunity to be part of, you know, some other pedigree of films. So now in order to do well, you were mentioning there's, then there becomes the marketing of your film at the film festival. Um, again, yeah. Huge. And, and, please, please do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, cause again, the, if the, the baseline is just to acquire email addresses so that you, but you have to be a good Samaritan, you have to, I'm sorry, good citizen. You have to, like you said, you can't, you can't be a dick, you know, <laughs> going through because nobody's going to, I'm not going to give you an email address. I remember you, you were a total jerk. Like you totally thought you're you know, better than everybody. You know, you thought your film was better than this. Like getting to a place where you're, you have to be comfortable. Like my film is not better than anything. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> right now in front of me is my audience is my audience. And the six people are here. It's like, you know what? That's better than zero. Let's, you know, if they, somebody's responding to it, like have that conversation. You build that loyal fan. You build that ideal fan. And you you hit the road and you go to the next city and try to do better. Um, you know, rock bands are the same way. They have certain shows. They do really well. And some cities are like, what the hell happened in this city? Like, we're just not getting a response whatsoever. So keeping that mentality, then you can, you know, Control your expectations, I think, best. So now we can move into, like you said, like what you've experienced in terms of what filmmakers have done. So when they get into a film festival, what have made certain uh, films more successful than others in terms of the marketing at the event. So maybe you can touch upon that and sort of the past experience that you had. Um, yeah, sure. Um, you know, um, so year one of Skyline was, uh, we started in 2012, but the first festival was 2013. And uh, one of the awesome documentaries we got was a film called Grounded. And it was about two brothers who were smuggling marijuana from Columbia into the United States. One was a pilot, one was a driver, who lived in Pittsburgh. Um, there was a local tie because they ended up pushing some bales of weed out of, a, out of a, <laughs> an airplane uh, in Leesburg and like killed a cow, you know, so it was, it was funny. And the, and the uncle wow. who, who was telling the story was the pilot and he was just, he was very uh, charismatic and very engaging and stuff like that. So the movie was good. We had a lot of other good movies too, that people didn't show up for the filmmaker, Sean Patrick Croyle, C R O W E L L. However you say that um, he came to town. He didn't tell us he was coming. So he didn't ask for travel. He didn't ask for a hotel and accommodations or DM or anything like that. He shows up. I was doing an interview with the local press. He said, hey, can I jump in on that? Sure. He's got flyers. He's got posters. He walked up and down our walking district. He went in every single shop. He stopped almost every person that he went by and said, I have a movie in town tonight. I have a movie in town tonight. Come see my movie. I think you're going to love it. That kind of stuff. Sold out. You know, I mean, he put in the work. Uh, he showed up. He did it. And it paid off. You know, so. And what did he get out of it? He got you know, this whole sort of community of people talking about the, the weed movie, you know, <laughs> uh, which is, which is funny, you know, but, um, you know, he got a laurel out of it and he had a good time. He was a judge the following year. So he's, you know, he's a friend now, so that's good. But, you know, the payoff, the venue was small. It was 60 people maybe, and then 60 seats. And then it was standing room only. So maybe we probably got a hundred people in there. Um, but, you know, he did a good job, and other filmmakers who were there didn't. 
didn't do their own marketing. They maybe sent me 15 postcards and asked me if I could put them in the coffee shop or something like that. You know, so he was sort of committed to getting the word out. He, he took it upon himself to promote his own movie, which, you know, which paid off big. So. Yeah, there's um, Napoleon Hill who wrote uh, Think and Grow Rich back in like 1937, 38. Um, he has like a quote saying like, you know, little energy will give you a little result. You right. know, high, a lot of energy or a lot of, you know, commitment, whatever, will give you a high result, you know, yield. Basically, just it, it's it's like when i was playing baseball it was like that you know the inertia of energy it's like you know got to keep your body moving so you're not just standing still when the balls hit to you you know it's like you gotta you gotta put it's a little energy you put in you know you might only get a little result most more often than not that's the case so that totally makes sense what's really interesting now is you know with the with all these available cheap technology you could actually bring the camera that you shot your film on to the festival and use it as behind the scenes or use your phone. Um, what I did here for the cube was I held a local premiere uh, just for the you know locals. And one of the things they teach us in terms of uh, successful online entrepreneurs is that if you're going to throw in your own event, you know, just don't make it a vanity event. Don't just like spend all this money to like do your own red carpet and, and, and kind of just, you know, play that world. They say when you, when you're sort of new to a city or just putting an event like that together, make it a networking event. So make it about other people or make it about a certain cause. And then your film could just be part of a, um, a side note to it. So what I did is I put together like this um, um, film tuber awards. So I was honoring the other filmmakers in, in this, in the city that I, I had had a, uh, an opportunity to work with. And, and I, re I didn't realize that a lot of them didn't know each other. So I became yeah. this curator somebody who brought people together, showed off their trailers or some of their short films. And, and then it had, and, and I had to make sure that the venue was close to a bar afterwards, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I've been to, I've been to, I've been to events where uh, I had to like walk or the parking was terrible. It was just like the whole experience getting into the theater was, uh, was frustrating. And then, not knowing where everybody's going to go to the party afterward. It was just, you know, you got to make it really easy for people. Like right. Parking's yep. easy. No, no thinking involved. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a, there's a bar right across and, and everybody just get together and have a good time. Cause they, you know, they're going to remember the good times and they might remember a little bit about the film. So with that said, I was making sure that I took photos and video and main, making sure I got, you know, responses from people coming out of the uh, event. I, I don't see why um, the Uber independent filmmaker can't do that. If you were able to get into a number of Uber independent film festivals and you look at it as a perspective of your, you know, independent band and going to a bunch of dive bars, each event you would be at, you know, each festival you're at, you should just make sure you have somebody in your team recording the reactions of the audience or people coming out of it and getting testimonials because later on, when you come back to home base, you'll have a collection of media footage that you can edit and make it look like you had a bigger, more successful run than you probably did, but use that as marketing materials later on to sell your product online. So um, that's one advice, like I said, but if you were able to do all this legwork while you're at the festival and get more people there and you win and get footage of you winning, like, and the audience award goes to, you know, the cube. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it's like and then another one another city you get a bunch of those that's social proof that's that's validation where somebody's just looking at a quick highlight reel of everything that this film has done it, it puts in the back of their mind like well 
it looks like you know they had a good run or it looks like it's worth it because a lot of times we see uh online all of us are getting pushed basically spam like hey check my film out like yeah. I, you know that's kind of basically spam you know and i remember uh, joe wilson is a filmmaker in la talks about that you know you're just basically spamming people that way as opposed to offering some content or reference or relevance of like maybe a highlight reel of um uh, of awards or something to to make somebody feel yeah. compelled to go oh okay yeah i'll check this out and so you could do this on your own because it's funny because that's sort of what the if you work in back if you know what world you're working in if you're working in the the uh the independent uh film lab and prestigious film festival world you know they're using the film festivals as um means to like gain press you know and have people talk about it like oh yeah i remember seeing that as a premiere at south by southwest or tribeca or toronto and goes and the press has really been taking this and and if you know eventually landed you know distribution so by the time it hits like itunes on like the independent section of the new and noteworthy um has enough laurels on it and maybe you've heard about it because you know if you follow independent film you might have heard somebody talk about like oh yeah like the girl you know whatever girl next door or something i don't know whatever <laughs> it's it's something the same principles could be done for the uber independent filmmaker they just have to get creative in that sense and not feel entitled i think that's the biggest thing is like well, filmmakers just can't they dream of getting that prestige they dream of getting the recognition they dream of the red carpet the the, the private parties the being you know all the stuff they read about those who have been successful they right. I mean, they want it so bad and they like you know it's like i've got this film why why aren't we making the headway like everyone else is you got to just step back and go this is what i have and this is what we can do on our own and we're going to get into these film festivals that's an honor you know how how do these film festivals work how's the best way to work them how's the best way to promote at their film festivals you know how can we be good citizens in the community so that knowing that our number one goal is to get there to acquire email addresses to build fans to get footage that we're going to be used later and to uh you know that we can sell our stuff directly to fans online but use this as social proof right that's probably one of the biggest advices advices <laughs> anyway something to think about yeah. you know as as advice um but, you know you it's it's understandable that you can't submit to 100 film festivals 50 bucks a pop you know, it's, it's real money you know so you have to like you were saying earlier decide who's it playing to do you think it's going to play well there um what have they played before that kind of stuff but for every festival that you do get into that's social proof as well you know you know you don't even necessarily have to get a an award laurel um but an official selection laurel you know it's got some weight to it as well so yeah and it's um yeah when that happens it's, it's sort of like it nowadays we've, we've been bombarded with those laurels so much yeah. that um that i think that the, the uber independent filmmaker needs to make the extra step and go not only will i show you the laurel but i'll show you like clips of what happened at that festival so yeah i think that's more, a great idea some so. kind of connection that way it's uh because i've seen a lot of films i'll see like laurels yeah. and stuff like that but you you know you look at it there's something subconscious like well if it's not part of the, the major pedigree of film film festivals then you know then it's like oh maybe you know they got in a lot of film festivals cool but if you look at it um 
maybe there's one or two on there. So sometimes like too many. I've seen like posters where somebody put like there's like nothing but laurels, you know, and then like the title and stuff like, you know, it's like there's there's understanding of how you market it and like how it's perceived of whether or not it gets the results you want. Yeah. So I need, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to try to keep this to an hour, but I want to go to them this next slide and kind of um, take it, take it to uh, the home stretch here real quick. Um, so we talked about customer acquisitions and again, so this is film marketing Fridays and we're talking about marketing and we're talking about marketing at a film festival and you know, how a film festival needs to market to the community and how a filmmaker can come in and help the film festival you know, market the festival plus their film. Um, getting to the bottom of really what's important is what is marketing, you know, and I call it a, it's community, it's communicating to get a result. So you're, so you're very under, you're very focused and targeted and knowing like, if my result is to get email addresses, then I need to do this. If my result is to acquire video footage of people at the event or at the film festival, then I need to do this. If my result is to try to get a reward, you know, an award or, or, or whatever it might be, then I need to market or communicate effectively to get that result. And oops, I'll go back here. So um, that's just something to keep in mind as like the basics of marketing. It's just knowing what result you want to get out of it and being really clear about what world you're playing in. Right. So you can so you can play more effectively within those rules. And, and not be out of alignment with and and have your expectations all out of whack because that's where disappointment and bitterness come in you know so obviously somebody like you for your um, local filmmakers you know you it was brand new but you had to like set it a precedent like it's got to be good just because you're local yeah. it can't be we can't do that we have to we has to be something that people are looking forward to they get value out of it when they sit and watch these films you know yeah. And if yeah, you you've, want, you've already shown this to your uncles and cousins at the family reunion, and sure, they might come to see it again uh, and either enjoy or suffer through it, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But we want a, a broader, more general, film savvy audience to enjoy it. So I wonder, I wonder if you could do something like where, like, just for the locals. I, this is me just off the cuff. Like, oh, you know, I, you know, I submitted my film. I didn't get in. He goes, but the thing about our film festival, not only are we building this mentor program, but because we only do it for the local filmmakers, like we take your film and we can give you analysis, just like in the world of Hollywood, people write a script, they send it, they try to get an agent, they try to get a studio to read it. They try to get producers to read it. It goes through coverage, meaning there's somebody, a reader of a script that has to go through and break down the synopsis analysis and give it a rating, whether or not the script is good enough to be made. Right. That's what goes on in Hollywood. So it couldn't, it could be the same thing to be said in terms of um, if they're willing to, it's like, look, if you're willing to submit to the film festival and it doesn't get in, um, you are more than welcome to submit your film to the, uh, the feedback workshop. So it's like a private, you know, mentors come in and says like, we looked at your film and this is where it could be stronger, you know, something like that i mean it's one of those things is like in order to give back to to grow um uh a more adept you know community um mm -hmm. uh i don't know i mean that's something to think i mean you probably have I, something in mind but yeah I, I like that um you know we're looking to do a um screenwriting competition as well but it's it's been really hard to find readers uh yeah. qualified, qualified readers um i mean i can read it but you know so, um, but yeah, I like that idea. Um, if, if your film is submitted to Skyline and it's rejected, 
I'll share all the feedback with you if that's what you want. But, you know, again, you know what you have or you should know what you have. And some of it's pretty brutal and people don't take it well. Um, you know, a lot of it is um, um, a critique and, and things like that. But some of the stuff we get is really bad. And, you know, yeah. the, the screeners let them have it, you know. So um, I think I'm, it's I'm reluctant. I don't want to be mean. Yeah. But you you got to be brutally honest sometimes. You know, there was this film called The Curse of the Rattlesnake People, and there are no snakes in it. So <laughs> that's, that's a little misleading. So, yeah. There you go. I think it's um, – the, the incentive of the perspective of the filmmaker is usually because anybody knows out there listening to this, making a film is just hard. Like, you know, no matter how many years you've been doing, some things get a little easier that, here and there, but it's just hard. And, all, and you get a lot of people sometimes together, you make this thing and you move forward and you, you got it finished. And the most disheartening thing is, is you make something, you bleed for it. And then an audience reaction is, eh. <laughs> it's like that's like oh that's like worse than like you'd rather have people go oh my god it's so bad like i would put that in mystery science 3000 like at least at least it could be like the room you know like something like where it becomes infamous you know like to be in that weird middle ground where it's like uh, yeah, yeah yeah no impact is worse than bad impact, yeah it's like either yeah. you know yeah. so, i don't think i have the constitution to to try to make a film and put it out there i, I really don't so yeah well, kudos to all you that do <laughs> thank you well hey thank you so much for uh coming on and sharing your insights about your film festival and why you're doing it and putting it forward and you know i don't know if we covered what needs to be covered in this episode i was really trying to bridge the gap between both the incentive of uh, film festival uh, organizers um as well as filmmakers you know, on behalf of them in terms of how we can how, from an outside perspective, you can see why there could be some disconnect, sure. why there could be um, resentment or bitterness or disappointment in a and and what they're hoping for. You know, like I said, um, unfortunately, there are a lot of filmmakers that they get into a film festival or if they can get into free, then they are expecting like, well, I hope somebody could pay for me to come. So like, it shouldn't be like a given there are some festivals that will you know take care of um per diem and room and board which is ph phenomenal you know to, right. to bring them out there that's a perk in itself i mean the reality is it's like when you're playing as an independent you know band and touring you know touring the country it's some dive bar and dive bar you know the that dive bar is not paying you to come stay at a motel they're like right. paying you to you got know. the we've got the cheapest floor in town so yeah yeah so it's so that's one thing. I mean, I guess that analogy is like at least, you know, the bars paying the independent band like 50 bucks or something like that. But but the independent filmmaker needs to see see it as customer acquisition again, the cost of customer acquisition and understanding that the customer is really your fan or building this loyal fan base and building that email list and building the uh, social proof uh, and use utilizing that as your marketing tactic. Now, again, if you happen to get a chance to play in the world of the indie film festivals where in terms of um, the film film labs and the more prestigious film festivals, if you're able to play in the world of film markets, and if obviously you're playing in the world of Hollywood, you're not watching this thing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd, I'd just like to sort of leave it with, you know, we're, we're on the same team, you know, and it, it's, it's a negotiation. It's not a contemptuous relationship or it doesn't have to be. So, you know. Yeah. 
Submit yes. your film. I'll do my best to get people to watch it and let's have a good time. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, just that, um, I mean, do you, I don't even know what your rules are. Do you have, do you, is there like a time limit in terms of like how old a film has to be to get in? Um, officially no, but you know, relatively contemporary. Yeah. So four or five years or so, you know, it, I, I don't, I do want to see your college film from 20 years ago, but it's not going to make it into competition. So. <laughs> there you so, go. Um, any genre, any length, any category, any topic, nothing's off limits, which everybody just sort of, you got to pick a, a niche, you know, and I'm not interested in that. Um, maybe we'll have to, I don't know. But so any type of film, any topic, any category, um, you know, relatively new and undistributed, that's the only thing. So, you know, we've had a lot of films um, submit and pay to be submitted, then they pick up distribution and we go, sorry, that's, that's not what we do. So maybe that's our niche. So, oh, I see. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. But you know, but for example, if X Machina had had submitted, you know, yeah, we're we're gonna go ahead and play that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we bought them. So but you know, that's uh, so maybe maybe that's our niche. Undistributed what contemporary films. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't keep interrupting. I was I was I, now you got hit me on the thing uh down a rabbit hole of like why why do film festivals um don't want films that have been already been distributed or anything like that? Well, there's so many personalities to film festivals. So there's competitive, not competitive. There's curated. There's um, you know just all kind of animated shorts only, black and white only, silent only, that kind of stuff. So um, you know, I think to remain a true indie film festival, and I don't, don't want to say true because I don't want to sort of stick my nose up in the air. <laughs> but, but our goal is to help filmmakers. Uh, in any way we can keep making movies. So, you know, if A24 buys your film, you're kind of out of the realm, out of the environment where we can help you anymore. Yeah, I see. So you've, you've advanced beyond our reach a little bit. So, and, and, you know, hopefully our changes, we grow and, you know, we can get relationships with distributors and stuff. But again, I'm, I'm not looking to become a market here for film. Yeah. And, you know, those, those roles are full already. Very nice. It's great because you're you have a great self awareness of of what your you want your film festival to be, what you want your community cultural event to be, um, and it's good. And like that's hoping hopefully the filmmakers that come submit understand like they are also to be in the same alignment with what your mission is and what their mission is, and and like I said, be a more harmonious. Um, not that it wasn't, but I'm just saying that in general to avoid some of these misunderstandings and misperceived uh, notions or um, that can happen often sometimes for a lot of uber independent filmmakers. I lay it out there for them. I say, look, this, this venue only seats 125. And if you break your neck and we sell it out, it's 125 people. Is that, is that good enough for you? That's what we got. So yeah. <laughs> and, and a couple of people have said, Oh, um, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So, but, you know, Wish yeah. him well, wish him well in other aspects. So. Well, very cool. Um, well, let me just finish this up here. Let me uh, real quick pay my version of the bills. <laughs> <laughs> so we just run over a little over an hour. You, those of you who see the slide here is again, if you are a filmmaker and you're stuck trying to make your film, then I offer you a free gift over at freegearguide.com. This is a equipment list of everything that I use to make my feature film for $500 with no crew. And again, it's just a fun little PDF over at freegearguide.com. 
you jump onto that, you get that. You're also part of the Film Trooper uh, uh, email list, and you get all the updates of what's going on over at Film Trooper. And with that said, um, we can say, you want to say goodbye real quick, uh, Brian? Yeah, sure. Just, Just uh, thanks for uh, having me on, and I appreciate it, and uh, keep on doing what you're doing. I think it's great. Thank you. And I will make sure that um, we have your info in the show notes over at filmtrooper.com forward slash 70. That's the uh, blog post that'll be under. And um, yeah, so we'll get more information about Skyline and the stuff that you guys are doing. Sounds good. That's, yeah. So that's it for this session of Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for uh, checking in. All right.